0: Hello, and welcome to The Summoned, a podcast dedicated to Judgment Eternal Champions miniatures game. I'm one of your hosts, Wonky Kong, and here with me today is my co-host, Fabius Bile. How
1: are you doing today, Fabius? Doing pretty good. Super excited with uh, everything that's been happening in the Judgment world, and I'm looking forward to talking some Judgment with you today.
0: Yeah, it's pretty exciting for the for the Judgment... Uh... Judgment players, or judgmentals, I think was the one thing that they were called for a bit. Uh, yeah, we got the Kickstarter, got all uh, pretty much funded in what, like 10 minutes or something insane?
1: I think uh, it was said that it was funded in like four minutes, but the official word was 10 minutes. So believe who you want to believe there.
0: Yeah, that, either way, that's pretty fast. So it's good to see that the, the Kickstarter got funded. Um, goal to me seemed a little bit low. But, I mean, some of those things where you always want to make sure you hit the goal so that all the all the
1: goodies get go yeah, into the... I I think the, the goal was trying to be a more realistic goal of, you know, what they needed to get everything reprinted and back out again into people's hands, right? Um, whereas they always hope for the bigger number, but this way at least it's realistic if this is what we need as our cost to go through, do the reproductions of stuff, get it out there so people can get at it. I think it was a great number to set it at.
0: Yeah, so um, as of time of recording, we're up to uh, $284,836 Canadian dollars, um, or 231000 for those of us that use real currency, uh, which, however, though, has unlocked <laughs> quite a few uh, stretch goals.
1: Yes, it has, and they are exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the big one, There's a, I mean, there were a couple of them, but I'm going to lump them together here for ease. Um, but the original starter set comes with six heroes, so we've unlocked five additional heroes that come within the starter set. Um, I don't know if that's in the starter set once retail hits, but it's at least in the starter set for the purposes of the Kickstarter, uh, which makes those smaller pledges, I think it's called the Avatar Pledge, um, quite an insane value. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, so you've got the, you've got the hero pledge, right? Which is just the base set, um, whether you go competitor or collector. And then from there, you have the avatar pledge, which gives you the terrain set and the tokens. Those are your two low pledges. But still, either way, whichever way you pledge in those aspects, yeah, this is an insane value now.
0: Yeah, I mean, for the competitor's hero pledge, which is just the base set, it's looks like it's $90 US, which yep. means for $90, you're getting 11 heroes, the mat, dice, tokens. I'm trying to think what else comes in there.
1: Um, let's see. So, I mean, okay, so it's got the uh, 11 heroes, the neoprene mat, the attribute and abilities cards, the general tokens and terrain and cardboard, uh, the... Whether, depending on which way you go, the uh, hero ability tokens uh, looks like it's PVC hero ability tokens, the effigies and cardboard, and the rule books and guides, and that's the base. Just hero pledge.
0: Yeah, it's actually a, a pretty insane deal. Even if you take out all the accessory type stuff, um, getting eleven models uh, that are 32 millimeter scale for just 90 bucks is a, a pretty solid deal.
1: Well, if you uh, think about it, most of the uh, that thirty-two scale that creature caster sells, right? They average twenty to twenty-five dollars a model. So even just ten models alone puts that at what two hundred bucks?
0: Correct. Well, that is, but those models uh, that they sell that way are resin. Where this was for the PVC, so this is the um, was an injection molded plastic or whatever it is. So this is pre-built like single piece models.
1: Correct. I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm saying, yes, those are resin. So even if you figure it, you know, per se, uh, what $15 a model, right. If, yeah. if you kind of go even ra- that route, you're still looking at $150 or even maybe slightly under that you'd be paying for all these models and you're getting it for 90 bucks. That's a steal.
0: Yeah. It, it's actually quite impressive. Um, in the, The resin version of the hero pledge so the same 11 models and just resin is it looks like it's 162 us so a bit more expensive but that's the kind of resin and stuff that creature caster is known for Um, those will include the the sprues where you assemble the models yourself Um, and then also in some kits they have a little bit of customization they've got a couple of head swaps i think a couple of weapon swaps depending on um, which hero you're you're looking at
1: yeah that is correct
0: Uh, So, a few other things have been unlocked. So, we got special cards. I think there's like a hologram on the class logo or something, I think is the difference there.
1: Uh, That sounds correctly. Basically, it gets a class uh, like foil symbol. So, it's kind of like the old magic cards when you tilt them back and forth.
0: Oh, okay. And then we have um, dice add-ons. Now, you can get um, judgment dice that have... Um, instead of a J symbol, they've got a symbol for each of the six gods. So for those of us that like to collect a ridiculous amount of dice, uh, there's an option for that. Um, and finally, there is a 5v5 map add-on. So this was the one that was just unlocked today. So as an add-on, you can purchase a 5v5 map. Um, it's essentially the 3v3, I think they're calling it Outland map or Wasteland map, I think. Is what I, I think heard they today. said
1: Wasteland today. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it's a, essentially the 3's the mat blown up to 5's very similar looking art style and you know background terrain, not actual printed on terrain, which is something they're not doing in the with the new mats.
1: Yeah, and it's really important also to mention, because I know they mentioned it in the uh, Twitch stream today, but to make sure we mention it here as well, the 5v5 map add-on is also a neoprene mat, so it's not like it's a hard fold up cardboard or anything like that it's a neoprene that's getting added so that's a huge thing too
0: all right um and some of the and then there was a new stretch goal added today um, i believe at 320 they're adding on um, different play modes they're going to do documentation for i believe there was a battle royale and a 2v2 i'm trying to remember
1: yes those were the two that were mentioned
0: um and there might be some other formats possibly with that um but the big one for me, at least for an upcoming goal, is getting to the Inferno. Uh, this model will not be in the Kickstarter unless we hit 350. Um,
1: and yes, he that, needs to be in the Kickstarter, people. Let's do this.
0: Yeah. Uh, getting more monsters is, uh, I think, really important for the Kickstarter. Um, I, I know I've, I've shared my thoughts on this a bit with people in a few different places. Uh, but overall, I, I, I really enjoy the Kickstarter, but I do think the lack of monsters in the kickstarter is a little bit of a negative coming from um you know my time playing in version one the monsters are definitely one of the more interesting parts of the game and having access to those models right away for new players i think is really important um
1: i fully 100% agree with you on that um i I, you know my my hat's off to Creaturecaster and gunmeister games for pushing this together in the amount of time that they have because let's be honest it's been a pretty short road um overall for them to turn around and do all this but yeah that is kind of the one downside that uh you and i both have talked about a little bit and agreed on is that those lack of monsters just having gloom in there instead it it does feel a little um it feels a little underwhelming because those guys do change the way that the game is played very massively
0: and they're definitely a big one of the more unique bigger draws to judgment, at least for myself, the the neutral oh, monster that can agree. impact the game, uh, and it does sound like it's one of their plans early on. Once they hit retail, to get the rest of the monsters out, which I do fully agree with, and I'm happy that like they recognize that as well. But it was probably the, like out of all the stuff that was in the Kickstarter, that might have been the one. That I'm like, ah, this is kind of this this kind of hurts a little bit as a as a version one, you know, veteran player at this point. Um, it's not as big of a deal for me, I guess, because I do have version one monsters. So, but for the newer players or people who have never seen the game before, it, it could be a little bit of a, a detriment, I guess. But the, the Gloom's a good one to have. It's used on a lot of maps. I think, I'm trying to remember the Cobblestone ones. If they're like a lot of the version one maps, you'll have...
1: They were they uh, used to be Glooms, ashtooths, Inferno's, that's what I believe used to be the main ones on those. Um, yeah, couple of should be those. Yeah, and then once they uh, eventually, you know, once we started working with V two and stuff, then we started seeing some of the like double Vujasha map, and um, we also started seeing the uh, well. Back in V one, we still started seeing uh, what's his, what's his name? Uh, the Dorg. Yeah, the Dorg. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't see those on threes, and it's very clear from the way that they have done the Kickstarter, they're trying to focus on threes versus fives at the moment, which makes a lot of sense. A lot of newer players starting at the smaller level makes a lot of sense for that to push. That's why they kept the fives, I think, to an add-on.
1: Uh, yeah, and and I mean, that makes a total a lot of you know a total amount of sense to focus on the threes because the fact that the threes is where they want everybody to cut their teeth at, right? And then if you enjoy getting into fives, move into fives and play fives. But threes is always going to be there as a competitive format.
0: Yeah, it definitely does feel like threes is a good way to learn the game, learn the mechanics, start learning heroes. And then fives is where kind of the tactical depth, I, I feel, increases a bit for more band construction and to, you know, on the table. There's a lot of different stuff going on on fives maps, uh, and that kind of impacts it.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with what you're saying uh, with the, uh, you know, fives is where tactics really start to come in and um, let, let's be honest, you and I have both talked about uh, since we played, you know, you played since really early V1 and I've played since, you know, probably middle of V1, um, how some of the heroes, they feel a little, they can feel a little lackluster in threes, but then they really shine in fives um, and, and that's actually why it's I think it's even more important to start with threes personally, because you do get to fully understand those aspects of those heroes, but you won't see just how important some of those abilities can be to those heroes until they get into fives. Right.
0: Yeah. And the, the warband construction gets a bit different and com- a bit more complex. I think you see a lot more complex layouts on the on the maps themselves, which lends themselves to the larger size. And there's a bit more to think about. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll save some of the three verse fives discussion for later. Absolutely. A lot there.
1: So I have to ask, uh, wonky, because we started off with obviously the lack of monsters being something that has kind of, you know, been a little more disappointing on our end. What's something you're really, you know, liking or looking forward to in the stretch goals that they've. Either, even if it's already something that we've hit, you know. But what is something that really kind of pulled you in and was like, okay, this is super exciting, and I'm super jonesed for it.
0: I think the the big one for me actually might be the number of heroes in the starter. Um, I know it seems kind of not as exciting as some of the other possible stretch goal things, but I think getting so getting into a minis game is not cheap right most minis games are they've got a fair amount of cost to them
1: yeah um, that's fair to say and
0: in getting in this kickstarter it you know for the cost you can do it now for the amount of heroes you get and the thing is is that swapping out a couple of heroes in a warband dramatically shifts how it plays what you want to do with it things like that so having 11 heroes in there i mean you can make a lot of warbands out of the 11 heroes that they give you in the in that starter now and it gives you those options and, it, and without even spending more, you know, outside of what's in the starter. I think for a lot of people, it's going to be a very good introduction to the game.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, that's very, very true.
0: The other one that has me intrigued is the international ranking stuff. Um, so these goals are quite a bit higher than um, some of the other ones. But the doing some ranking and some stuff with that off the apps is it kind of scratches that competitive itch I have right to kinda absolutely see land. so uh so what what about you? What are some of the stretch goals either we've hit or you're looking forward to
1: Well, um you know, I definitely am excited about the number of heroes I mean we we could go on about that between you and I for you know easily. 10, 20 minutes. Um, But I am super excited to see that we hit all 11 heroes in that starter set coming. Um, I was super excited with the 54-millimeter Isabel exclusive add-on, personally. And I know that's not one of the stretch goals, but I really, really like the uh, exclusive model for her. So I'm actually planning to pick up two of them uh, to paint a couple of different ways. But the big one, I think that I really... And it's a lofty goal. I would like to see the Champions Tournament. I really would. Um, do I expect that to happen? Mm, maybe not. But I'm always hoping for it, right? Uh, but I think the big one, the biggest one I'm looking forward to is I really want that 350 k mark to get that Inferno. That is just, if that is a rendering even close, you know, if they can get a rendering even close to that artwork that they show, I want him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he might be the most improved model from version one to version two. Uh, Isabel probably a close second.
1: I think you're right. Um, I mean, I remember when Isabel came out and we were all, you know, we saw the preview and everything ever, And I remember all of us sitting around at the in a JNAC kind of talking. And I just remember the comments. Her? Yeah. That, that, that was kind of the way it went. And it was just like, okay, well, let, let's let's try her out and we'll do this. And, uh, you know, once she even got into people's hands, they were just like, yeah, okay, she's okay. But, like, when Zim was revealed, right, everybody was like, Zim! <laughs> yeah, he,
0: his sculpt was impressive.
1: So, but, uh, all right, so we've talked about the Kickstarter, you know, quite a bit. Um, I think this is a perfect... You know, time to segue into some of uh, the talking that was asked for by, I believe, a couple people within the uh, Discord about some 3v3 warbands with the Kickstarter heroes and uh, pick and ban versus immunity.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll start a little bit. So the idea here is that 3v3 is very clearly the game mode that they want to push a bit with the Kickstarter. It's definitely newer player friendly. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to go through and for each of the six gods, we're going to probably give a little overview about their, about them in general. Uh, maybe talk about their, you know, what their warband bonuses, the, the sacred artifact they have, um, and their effigy powers, So people can kind of get a little bit of flavor about them and maybe, you know, kind of some overarching themes of the gods. And then what we're going to do is we're actually going to give a warband and discuss a little bit a warband for each of the gods that, is if you get the starter, so the base set, uh, and then just the god pack for that god, what's a a pretty solid warband, you know, you could take to the table um, and find some success with, right? Give you a little bit of a starting point as, uh, you know, just to just try and help out some of the newer players that, you know, that are fresh into Judgment, haven't, you know, seen it before, but they saw the Kickstarter uh with you know from the youtube and all the other stuff they've kind of been pushing um at different places
1: yeah and you never know when we'll uh even help a veteran player right come up with some sort of new strange idea that they hadn't thought of before
0: yep so uh so the war yeah so the war bands the idea behind them was kind of you know let's you know minimum cost in for your god um assuming that you do add on the god pack for uh the kickstarter because I figure if you want to play a specific god, odds are you'd probably add on their their hero pack. Uh, but before we quite get into that, we got a little bit of explaining to do for some of the newer players. Uh, so there, there's a couple of terms that you'll see kicked around. If you haven't read the beta rulebook yet, which is out on the forums currently, uh, if you don't know where it is, ask in the Discord and someone can link it to you. Um, but there's two, there's two essentially game modes that you can play at either threes or fives and it's pick and ban. Um, I think it's also been referred to as veto a little bit on the discord and other places and then immunity. So what pick and ban is, is essentially for a threes game, you will bring five models to the table. Uh, your opponent will do the same and then you'll have what's called the pick and ban phase. So. Uh, What you get to do is after you do your roll off, someone will pick going first or going second, and then the first player will basically ban a model from his opposing player's warband. So, for instance, say you've got Rakir on the other side of the table. You don't like you don't want to face Rakir. He's really good in your warband. You could ban out your opponent's Rakir, and then after you ban a model, your opponent will do the same, which will leave you then each with four models, and then the first player will pick three of his remaining four models. And then the second player will then do the same pick three of his remaining four models. And that's what you play the game with those three models that are, that you have left over. Now, uh, Fabius, if you want to go through what immunity is.
1: Sure. Um, and, and I get the order on immunity wrong all the time. So obviously feel free to jump in here and help me out when I all mess right. this up. Cause I know I will. Uh, so immunity, the main thing behind it is, once again, you would still bring uh, the five heroes, or the one I'm more familiar with is when you go into 5 v 5 with immunity, which would bring which would mean you'd each bring seven heroes to the uh, battle. The players would roll off, once again, uh, choosing who goes first, the player who goes first instead would get to immune one model, and then their opponent gets to immune one model. So basically, once again, if This is the case, we'll use what you used earlier, right? Which is, I really want my Rakir because I know he's really good and I know how to play him. So I'll pull Rakir into my, you can't get rid of him. Um, And then you would do the same with someone in your warband. But then at that point, it comes back to the first player. They now get to pick and basically ban one of your models out of your remaining, at this point it'd be six, uh, for the 5v5 game. And then it goes to them, where they get to ban one out of yours. And you basically go back and forth with this twice, with each of you getting to immune twice, each of you getting to ban twice. And then you have to pick out of the remaining models to set up your warband.
0: Well, you don't. I mean, at that point, you're left with three models, right? Right. So right. Actually, I'm sorry. So then you're left with yep. those,
1: yeah. Uh, so then that is your remaining warband for your fives. Um, have we seen immunity done in threes? Because I don't know. Uh, I don't think
0: I've played threes with immunity before.
1: So I'm wondering if it's if maybe immunity is one where it's just one pick, one ban, and then you're done.
0: Uh, it it could be. I actually don't know offhand. Uh, should should have uh, researched that quick for this. Um, we can follow up on that. We will find point.
1: out an answer for that later.
0: Yeah, but the the idea essentially is the pick and ban slash veto is you get to stop your opponent from doing something with a hero or a combo of heroes or something. Whereas immunity is you get to say, Hey, I want to play this thing and this thing is safe. Then they get a ban. Then you get another pick and then they get another ban. So um, there's a, there's some different war building you can do based off those the warbands that we're going to go through here shortly aren't really optimized to play in one or the other but they probably could play in either to a reasonable degree, especially as you're newer. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at. We're, we're targeting these warbands for newer players to, to help them kind of get started if they have like, hey, okay, I've got all these models, what do I throw on the table?
1: Yep. Yep. Um, however, I think uh, with getting into that is now when you want to kind of do the explanation about the uh, Avatar champion non-champions?
0: Yeah, so real okay. quick as we're we're getting into the stuff. So, um, in Judgments, there are no hard and fast factions. However, there is this um, champion, non-champion essentially for stuff. So, when you start building a warband, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to pick one of the six gods to, to build a warband for. It's Torin, Tomas, Ista, Gruel, Bruella, and Krognar. Each of them have a theme to them that aligns with the god, and then also the kind of heroes that are within that are champions of that god. However, you don't have to only play champions when you build a warband. A couple of our warbands will have some non-champions in them as options. So the avatar is essentially like the most representative of the God. It's the avatar of that God. Uh, each God has a single avatar. Each avatar is only an avatar for a God. They are not a champion for any other gods and they get some additional bonuses. Um, when you call the effigy power of the God champions are heroes that they, they fit the theme of the God uh, there's usually kind of like an, some overarching playstyles with the gods of certain things I kind of want to do. And the champions kind of fill, you know, fill that. And then non-champions are just any hero you pick that's not a champion of the god. Uh, they have a few restrictions. or not really restrictions. There's a few things they don't get access to. So each god has a warband bonus. The warband bonus is applied to all heroes, Avatar, champion, and non champion that you put on the table. There's a sacred artifact, which is a special item that only champions and avatars of a god can use. And then there's an effigy power, which is a once per game ability. And again, that can only be used for avatars and champions. So you don't lose anything by bringing non champions in your warband. It's just your champions and your avatar gain. A little bit of power um, when you bring them. Well put. Okay, so uh, we'll we'll start going through some of these warbands. We'll kind of discuss the god a little bit, uh, give them maybe kind of some of the the highlights of how we how we see them playing a bit, um, and then we'll get into the warband. Um, and the again the idea the idea here is that we took the starter set pledge from the Kickstarter only added the god pack. There are a couple of them that we will have some call-outs of like, hey, this guy would fit really well if it's in one of the demon packs or a pre-existing creature caster model you might already own if you're a creature caster fan prior to you know starting your judgment journey. Yep yep. Alright. I'll start with Ista because I know you're gonna want to do the next guy.
1: Yes please. <laughs>
0: Alright. So Ista's the the god that is one of the gods that comes in the starter set. Uh, this one actually has quite a few options uh, because it's in the starter set. And a bunch of the additional models added onto the starter set are from Ista. Um, Ista's the like think of it as your lawful good, you know, holy uh, angel kind of thing. We've seen some video, I believe, of Ista. Uh, I'm assuming that was supposed to be Ista, the glowing lady person, or if that was supposed to be Isabel.
1: Uh, either way.
0: Yeah. Either way, pretty sweet video. Um, so a lot of what Ista's built around is healing. Uh, also, it's got quite a bit of tankiness. This is uh, probably, I don't know, a, one of one of the guys I favor more because the heroes that are in it versus what Ista does. Um, but there's some pretty strong bonuses here. So Ista's Warband bonus, again, this applies to everything Um, heroes respawn adjacent to the effigy do so at full health so when you respawn in the game you come back with five less health this lets you get come back at full health Um, restoration potion is a zero fate defensive item that allows you to fully heal someone once per game and then their effigy power is it gives all champion models flying and nimble until the uh, end of their next activation and then their avatar, who is Isabel, uh, which is one of the ones we talked about, uh, she gains flying and nimble permanently. So this is where the, the avatar bonus comes in, and it it applies an additional bonus. Uh, because of that, and I've actually, when we built these lists, we applied the avatar to all of them, because the avatar is included in each god's pack. And I feel like that's an important thing to probably, that you're going to see a lot, is you're going to see a lot of the avatars being used in their warbands for the additional bonuses. Uh, So this warband, uh, it's kind of built to be a bit tanky, but also pretty balanced. So this warband is Isabel, Doan Ragar, Thrommel, Brock, and then Allendeer. And then the Allendeer could also be an Astariel if you'd rather have a fire mage elf versus uh, a sniper bow elf, I guess. Um, And the idea here is it gives you... Nice options on a front line with Donerigar and Thrommel, two of the more tanky models in the game, to really use a lot of that healing that comes with ISTA. Uh, Isabelle's the avatar and is a good hero that kind of just does a bit of everything. And then Brock and Allendeer for your damage. So this Warband doesn't bring a Soulgazer. You very easily could swap in Saiyan for something as well. Uh, But this is just when I looked at an ISTA Warband with the models we had. This is kind of what I was leaning towards.
1: I think that's totally fair with the way that you've uh, done it. You know, I, me personally, if if I were going to add in, I think uh, as much as I love the tankiness of it, I would probably let go of Thrommel personally to bring Saiyan in. Um, but that's just because of the way that I play. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love me. I love my dwarves. Thrommel has been a workhorse for me in every game I've ever taken him once I learned how to use him. So it really hurts me to say that, um, that I would let Thrommel go, but it's, you know, I think Saiyan would fit really well as a Soulgazer in here with backing up the healing that is already going on. So it just makes this Warband really hard to deal with.
0: Yep, and that's, uh, ISTA does tend to like a lot of healing. It does like to have a couple of sturdier targets to accept that healing, right? It's things that could take some hits and live. Uh it's kind of why I want the double defender plus Isabel. He definitely sands a good swap in there. Um in a lot of these lists, you'll see a little bit of a pattern where a lot of them probably have at least one defender and at least one aggressor. Usually people tend to like to have those kinds of things when they get to the table. And that's why you might see some duplicated. So depending on pick and ban or immunity, right, you might want two defenders in case someone bans out a defender, uh, which is kind of the thought process here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's the... ISTA tends, to me at least, feel a, a bit of a very balanced... It's got good ranged aggressors with it. It's got a couple of good melee aggressors. It's got some good tanky. It's got some healing. Like, it's probably ISTA feels as is one of the more well-rounded... Um, gods, if you look at just what champions they have, and with very the, much so, yeah. And with the Kickstarter, you'll definitely have a, quite a few options that are champions of um, Ista, as well as you know, some non champion stuff to throw in there as well. All right, and with that, Fabius, uh. you can do Krognar, because I know that's your jam. <laughs>
1: Yes, Krognar is one of my jams. Um, so with Krognar, Krognar, if if I'm remembering every cor- everything correctly, Krognar was the god of like deceit and shadow and trickery. Um, so as for a you know alignment, I, I don't know if I what I would call uh, Krognar exactly, and what the Galea brothers have called Krognar exactly. Um, but the big things about Krognar is it really plays to a you know a per se a trickery playstyle. In fact, I just ran them in our last beta tournament. Um, Their warband bonus that they get is they get to Effigy Recall for one action. Normally for every other hero that is out there, if they try to Effigy Recall, it costs two actions to do that. So they're effectively giving up like a charge or some other major attack action to do that. And whereas Krogner is just like, nah, no, nah, we get to go do it for one. It's super awesome that everybody gets that in their warband. It lets them have this huge mobility that they can play with. Um, their artifact is called the Umbra Sphere. It's a zero fate defensive artifact. The bearer gains the active ability to be able to drop a shadow orb through the shadow rift ability. Um, it's really helpful because that is how they move around the board so much with models like Rakir or Zarin, you know, they get to use those shadow orbs so you can have that extra person who can drop that shadow orb, and then Rakir, for example, from the effigy can shadow step to the orb. So it's really nice for that. And then their uh, effigy power that they get to use is called Shadow Dance. Now, that allows them you to immediately move any of the champions of Krognar to a shadow orb. Or to their effigy. Um, which is really huge for repositioning. Because you could have a turn where you effigy recall to bank a lot of souls. And then you could shadow dance and go right back into the fight. If you you know felt ready to do that. So it gives you a ton of mobility that you can utilize. And what's even cooler is their avatar, Zarin. Who is in our Krognar Warband that we put together here. Uh, gets the ability to count as a friendly shadow orb token. And that is in addition to the three normal total Shadow Orb tokens that you can have. Um, and he is always considered unoccupied. So he can always be teleported too. Um, so that's really kind of cool. Now what we did here for the Krogner Warband is we obviously put in Zarin. Then we have Rakir, Skull, Kogan, and Piper. Now, uh, this is one of the one times we mentioned as a specialty, if you were, say, getting the demon pack instead, you could trade Piper out for Cain. Um, either way, no matter how you play this team, it's a pretty nasty setup for a Krognar team right out of the box with just the Krognar team pack and uh, the starting heroes, you know? And then adding Cain uh, from the demon pack, if, if you decided to go that route, that's pretty mean because of the way that Kane can uh do some cutting of other friendly models to do lots of extra damage. So and he's got some good flexibility which really works with Krognar.
0: Yeah, so the idea with, with Kane or Piper is they're kind of a bit of utility that can do a handful of things. So they're I think they're both
1: hybrids. Yes, sir.
0: So hybrids are one of the classes that um, there's quite a few of them and they're hybrid. They kind of do, they do some damage. They do some interesting, you know, different abilities, I guess, depending on which hybrid it is. Um, And yeah, Kane, I I don't remember. He's in one of the two demon packs, but he is also, oh gosh, I forget what his creature caster name is. I think it's the Priestess of...
1: Priest of Slaughter.
0: Priest of Slaughter. and yeah, I think I think yeah. So if that's a name like Kane's, Kane's a pretty good one. It just it does a lot of stuff, and yeah, kind of kind as you mentioned, it's it uh it's got a lot of movement, it's got a lot of mobility, and then it's got some really dangerous damage potential with Kogan plus Rek'ir.
1: Uh, Kogan plus Rek'ir, R- R- ah, sorry, Rek'ir and uh, Piper or Kane add that per se burst DPS as people would know from like video games and stuff. They can take somebody from you know, massive amounts of health to almost nothing very quickly.
0: Yeah, and even Skull from the Defender slot can apply a decent amount of damage if you need to use them that way.
1: Yep. So I'm going to let you take the next one, obviously, because th- this is kind of your jam.
0: Oh, yeah, this is totally my jam. All right, so Gruul. Uh, Gruul is like the native god. I don't know how better else to describe it. Um, lots of forests and stuff of that nature. In uh, nature stuff, uh, yeah. So Gruul like is my favorite because it's got essentially all of the Minotaurs, which are clearly the best.
1: <laughs> so all right, you you keep you keep your keep your professional opinions.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Gruul, it play. There's kind of a handful of different ways to play it. It's it's got a fair amount of denial when you use Gendrus because the woods. Uh, one of my favorite aspects of it is it's got a lot of two hex melee reach, which is not overly common in the game anymore with the move to hexes. Uh, So, Gruul, it has a mix. It feels like it's mostly Minotaurs, Dwarves, and a couple of elves looking at the list. Uh, So, it's a lot of Minotaurs and Dwarves is a lot of the the champions. Uh, The Warband bonus, so again, this is a bonus that everybody gets. Um, Enemy models need an additional symbol to push friendly models if they're within rough or treacherous ground or forests. And heroes that begin within rough, treacherous, or forest heal one, and hero models not suffer damage from treacherous ground. Uh, It's a really interesting power. On some maps, it's very strong. Uh, Just the extra healing and the extra symbols to push. Uh, Some maps, depending on where you're fighting, doesn't come in a whole lot. Uh, The sacred artifact is an offensive artifact for fate that the bear gains plus one reach. And it's melee attacks to a maximum of two. So in addition to some of the inherent reach to melee, you can apply another reach to melee to something. Uh, my personal favorite is a Doan Regar and sometimes Piper because it's kind of fun to get him attacking all over the place. Uh, the Evogy power is that Champions of Gruel gain three temporary health, which is essentially just three free damage they can take that lasts for a turn. And then also, while they're in rough or treacherous or forest, Champions of Gruul cannot be pushed at all for the turn. And then the avatar bonus, and this is where the big denial part comes, is uh, Gendrus gets to immediately cast a Wild Growth for free, and it stays in play permanently. So Wild Growth is a four hex forest that Gendrus can place. So you get to place some terrain to kind of use some of these other Affigy powers and warband bonuses plus force are very good for blocking line of sight and also um, you can go invisible if you're within them which makes range attacks much more difficult to pull off against models in them Uh, and that woods is or the wild growth is also treacherous to opposing models so it allows you to get actually some free extra damage when you push people in them or out of them uh, but it does, it does kind of make Gruel able to do quite a bit of denial because Gendris lets you just plop down to, well, you could have a second one because then she can also cast one.
1: So, so who'd you put in this warband?
0: All right. So we, again, we're going to include the avatar of Gendris. So Gendris is a support. Uh, she's just a druid <laughs> in every sense of the words with the ability she has, uh, Rigar, Thorgar. Piper and Zyvera were, if you want to stay all champions. Um, I'm not the hugest fan of Zyvera into this, so I actually debated swapping her for Saiyan. So it does go outside of being a champion, but Saiyan adds some extra AoE healing and some fire prevention, which is really good uh, for, your, for your Minotaurs. And then if you really want to go more Minotaur, you could also swap in Kogan, who is another Minotaur, uh, for Piper was the swap I had in there for a bit. Um, those would be two non-champion options you could kind of throw in there. Uh, it's a pretty tanky list. You can get a bunch of two Hex melee with Kendris and regard with the staff. And then Thorgar and Piper can just punch on stuff. And then you still have the options for a Soulgazer with Zavera or San. Um, there are some other options I wouldn't hate in that final slot. But they are not within the Kickstarter, so I excluded them uh, from the warbands.
1: Makes sense. So, shall we move on to the next one? Sure. All right. So, the next one is we've got Thomas, or as everybody likes to call him out, Tomas. Um Tomas is more about resilience and wearing your opponent down and kind of being that stone that they have to break up against and eventually just break themselves down Um, so Tomas recently underwent a warband bonus change which I think the warband bonus change has been extremely awesome for them now they get to generate an additional fate whenever they control a shrine Um, so for example on most of the maps there's one single shrine normally you get d3 from it now you get d3 plus one if you're a tomas uh, faction they also get to their heroes get to or i'm sorry they're not not their heroes a model that is part of the warband gets to heal d3 plus two health whenever it kills an enemy hero um that definitely feeds into that resilience Uh, their artifact is a One Fate Diamond Armor is what it's called, Sacred Artifact. It's, I believe it's a defensive, right? Yes. Okay, because it's not actually listed on there. Yeah, it's Um, 100% defensive. That's what I thought. Uh, it bestows the bearer with plus one res, uh, so res is a stat that anytime you would take damage from an attack, you would automatically peel one point of damage off. Now, what's really cool about it, though, is the armor also has the effect that res reduction effects targeting this model are lowered by one. And it can't be used by defenders. And it can never raise a model's res to, uh, it will provide no benefit if it would raise a model's res to three or more at any time. The really big part of that is the reducing res. Because, like, for example, Ishtariel tends to, when she throws a fireball, she reduces any model's res that she's firing at by one well this would negate that um and then their effigy power is called virtuoso all friendly champions of tomas uh heroes have the symbol cost of their combat maneuvers on their cards reduced to one symbol for that turn any fate costs remain the same what's really cool about that is you have a lot of models that are within that warband that have like two s symbol attacks like Rakir to poison somebody well when you activate that now if he gets that a single j he can t- focus on taking hits during that turn and crit somebody and still apply the poison um and then their avatar bonus is for fazil because fazil is the avatar of tomas um he actually gets Relentless Charge, which gives him plus one movement and plus one melee whenever he's resolving a charge. So then on a charge action, Fazil actually goes to movement four, so he can charge six hexes, and he goes to melee eight on top of the three dice he gets for being a cavalry base on the charge.
0: Well, Andy so, also has dash, so it is an additional right. hex on top of and that. And he has dash, he so
1: he can actually charge seven. Um, which is huge. That that man can go from one side of the board to the other, basically. Um, so in our team that uh, we built here, we have Fazil, um, which I'll get into another thing here in a second with that. Marcus, Rakir, Saiyan, and Sky. Um, the other choice that was mentioned uh, was possibly swapping out Fazil for Zim. I personally think I would actually swap out um, Rakir, actually, for Zim, if it were me, um, at, which is kind of an interesting thing because there is a lot of debate on whether having double undead in a list is detrimental or not. Um, yes.
0: And I've yeah, actually so been
1: experimenting with this more. So,
0: Yeah, so double undead, uh, for those that aren't aware, um, undead models cannot... Control or contest shrines, nor can they soul gaze, and nor can they contest soul gazing. Uh, so there has been some discussion, which I don't know how proven it's been, but just something to be aware of is that if you have multiple undead in a warband, it can make it more difficult to contest shrines and souls. So, for instance, if you had Fazil and Zim plus, we'll say Marcus in this scenario, um, only Marcus would be able to soul gaze and only Marcus would be able to control or contest a shrine. So on threes where you have a single shrine most of the time, it might not be as big of a deal. But then keep in mind, you also can only soul gaze with Marcus versus, uh, you know, Zim or Fazil. So Zim or Fazil has a soul gazing option, but it destroys the soul versus you getting it bound. Um, So just wanted to call that out. I, I think you might be right. I think in threes it's probably not as big of a deal
1: um i mean the big thing to you know notate with that is yes it destroys the soul but it still does give Fazil or zim a level it still gives the controller of them a fate um and it still does some damage or it heals so uh and when i say it heals it heals the model that does the soul gazing um so it's not like it's just a you know um It's not like it's a dead action to just do it to prolong the game. It still does have an effect where you could have, you know, Zim, for example, do a Soul Gaze to do three damage. Then he can Ice Storm if he wants to and then be able to attack again and this time use Cone of Cold, right? So it can pull some combo out there, um, but it is something to be aware of.
0: Yeah, I I think when you're first starting, it might be a little rough to play double undead, but not to say that you shouldn't do it if you want to. But just be aware that there there are some, you know, some drawbacks to that. However, Zim and Fazil are both very powerful heroes. And that, that's part of their balancing is how that kind of stuff works. So yep. just just to call out there, because I believe is both Fazil and Zim are in the Tomas pack. I think it's Fazil, Zim and Sky.
1: Um well I'll tell you what, why so, don't I check that out real quick and get an answer while you move on to Torin?
0: Yep. All right. Uh okay. Yeah, I had it in my notes, that's those three. So I'm assuming. Yep. Okay. Uh all right, so Torin. So this actually is one um I am not super well versed in, so I'm sure people that love Torin are gonna beat me up about what I what I put here for a warband
1: I'll try and help you.
0: <laughs> all right. So uh Torin is the I think it's like the time bender or something uh, in like equality and things of that nature is kind of the theme um, has quite a few options. He probably is the best one to do what you think of like a gun line um, in other tabletop games. He has very, a very strong pool of ranged aggressors and has uh effigy power that really leans into uh, blowing people up from range. Uh, so, Tauren, uh the Warband bonus is when you respawn next to your Effigy, you do so with all your actions. So, again, nor- kind of like how Ista comes back with the extra health, Torin comes back with all of their action points, which on a small map like Threes is actually very strong, that when you lose a hero, they're essentially right back in the game. Uh, their Sacred Artifact is the Equality Stone, so it's zero fate to buy, but it's an action and a fate to use. And then it allows the bearer to swap their health, excluding temporary health, with an enemy model adjacent to them. It's one use only. This is a fantastic item. Um, I've seen it totally swing games before when applied uh, at the proper time, right? You get, you get someone kind of low, but don't finish them off. And then they equality stone it. And all of a sudden, your guy's the guy that's really low. Uh, super oh, yeah. super fun. And then the effigy power... Which is, uh, this one just recently got changed, not too much, too long ago. But it says, for this round, Champion Miles can suffer two true damage to add two damage to basic attack. They can do this on two basic attacks on their activation in the Applied Damage phase. Uh, You cannot use Eye for an Eye when you're making an attack on an Effigy. So this allows you to take some damage and then essentially get extra damage it's really strong on a couple of the characters that are in it um the big one i was sick of is zim so zim can leech damage so zim can take two damage to add two damage and then he can leech up that kind of hit point damage that he takes uh he is not in the Torin hero pack though so i did not include him in the warband but he is a champion he is a champion he just wasn't in the pack so I didn't include them with the correct restrictions.
1: I just wanted to put that out there for anybody else who's like, well maybe I want to do that. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. And so Bastion is the avatar. And his his bonus is Bastion can ignore the fate cost of prayer of health for the rest of the game. So Prayer of Health is a D3 plus three or something teal that normally right. takes fate. And uh, this with this he can just spend the one action to do the heal instead of having to spend a fade every time. So it actually is another way you can kind of heal up that damage from eye for an eye, or you know post a quality stone you can heal someone up, you know for whatever the target was. So torn plays like a gun line is probably the most uh, I would say closest kind of idea for it. Um, they actually don't have any melee aggressors as champions. However, that doesn't mean you can't include them in the warband I'm going to give. I'll actually include some non-champions. Uh, so for Torin, I want Bastion, which is the avatar. I went with Thrommel, who's in the hero pack, who is a very sturdy defender. Astariel. And then I went with Brock or possibly Alandir depending on if you want to go heavy on ranged, which I'll mention a little bit more in a minute. And then in the last slot, I picked Kogan. So Kogan's kind of like a hybrid aggressor. He's strong ranged. He's pretty strong melee. Uh, So he gives you some more damage. If you have um, Ankura or Nyas, either from the Demon Pack or pre-owned from, I believe both models are out. I think Ankura just came out recently. Yes. Um, If you already have those from Creature Caster, either of those would also be a good option in that last slot. Um, But if we're sticking to just the starter... But Just the hero, uh, the hero pack, those were that was kind of the options, um, we were looking at. So, um, I mentioned the range stuff because there has been some discussion about going very heavily on ranged. There's a few things with range that, um, at times are a little bit of a drawback. The biggest one being if you kill a monster and you're not adjacent, you don't get to collect the fate bounty. So, um, also on a lot of threes maps, you have gloom, which actually can't be shot from outside of two hexes. So it kind of limits your ability to deal with, uh, monsters. So that's why I, in this one, I kind of went for a Brock over the Allendeer just to give you a solid melee aggressor and also someone that can very easily handle monsters.
1: Uh, Uh, I do want to pipe in real quick on that note. I did think, um, since we did mention on Kura and Nias, if you have them with the demon pack or whatever, I did think of a good melee aggressor that you could put in, um, as well instead of Brock if you wanted to, which is Drelgoth.
0: Yeah, I think there's two, four Tiro demon packs, so I don't know if those three are all within one, but a, I, a Brock I or Drelgoth. Yeah, I
1: don't know either, but I just figured I'd mention him, so that way if other people who are out there are like, oh, I've already got him.
0: Yep, and Drelgoth is the Berserker of Onslaught. Ankura is the Harbinger of Ruin? I think and then Nyas I believe is the priestess of ecstasy. Yes. I'm going off the top of my head. Um so if you pre if you have those ones those are also ones to slot in. Um Torin is the one admittedly I don't think I've ever actually played a game as Torin. Uh there it's not I have. really my play style. So I I've, I've played against them once and actually I think we have a I've got a streamed game against them uh or I believe old we'll two legs Tries to give me
1: the business with him. Yeah, I think he did, and unfortunately, Old Two Legs did what Old Two Legs does and didn't do it. (laughs) Yep.
0: All right, and with that, it takes us to the final. That's right, shots
1: are fired, Two Legs. (laughs) 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 Uh, So, okay, so that takes us into the final uh, god, which is Bruellen, which, uh, you know, has gone through several changes in the name, uh, but. I'm glad they settled on Bruellen because it it does sound different enough from some of the old ones. Um within Bruellen, we have they are Bruellen is what the aggressive god basically, kind of like the um
0: yeah, I, uh, but...
1: I don't know the lore on Bruellen well enough, I'm sorry. Um Yeah, it
0: was like quick to anger um I think and stuff like that. Uh, I, I see Bruen as the axe to face <laughs> yeah I mean that's, that,
1: that's the best way to put it right is the axe to face is what Bruellen is um, which fittingly enough um, their warband bonus is that they all of their heroes within the warband gain Pathfinder when resolving a charge action so they literally do not care about terrain that is in their way they're just like I see you you're going to get an axe to the face um their sacred artifact is the one fate offensive item called second wind and it's the first time a model kills an enemy model during its activation it gains one additional action for that activation um, it, it's a it's a fun item to use if you can get it to go off but it does take some setup to do right um, and then their effigy power is called rampage this one is really fun but it definitely requires setup. Uh, friendly champions of Bruellen models can charge for one less action if that charge is their first action of their activation. So uh, the rest of it is friendly champions of Bruellen models cannot target an enemy effigy with melee attacks this round. That's really important because when we initially started seeing Rampage going off, right, Rampage was hitting effigies like, I think it was turn two, turn three. People were just effigy diving, and it was, oh, there's a 20 health point effigy that's now dead. (laughs) Um, But the really cool thing about this is what that allows you to do is normally a charge costs two actions to do, because it's a move and then an attack. Well, and if it's the first action they get to take now, they get to move and attack for one action, and then they still get to throw two more attacks if they want to, or... Uh, one more attack and a fade ability or something you know it just allows for some really cool flexible play for a team that is team face punch in my opinion Um, so there's definitely some play around that you have to think about when you're doing this now their avatar bonus and their avatar is super fitting for this god Uh, the avatar is Zonia, and her bonus is that she gains unerring accuracy So she gets the ability to re-roll an entire basic attack roll once per activation. So since she is so dependent on hitting crits, being able to re-roll that one roll where you're like, oh, okay, I have seven dice and I didn't get a crit. I'll just pick them all up and I'll re-roll it. That can be huge for her to be able to activate some of her massive damage output.
0: Yeah, it's definitely... Definitely sad. I've seen more than a handful of times. Oh, my Zonia charges. I'm rolling like ten dice and solid.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen them where it's ten dice glance, and you're just like, oh dear. Yeah. Um. So getting into the warband that we have built here, um, I think it's honestly really cool what you did here. Uh, we've got Zonia, of course, as we said, avatar skull. Brock, Kogan, Barney. Um, And then you made mention of, with one of the demon packs, or if you already own him, Lugdrug is a really good uh, fit in here, too. Um, I think the only tweak I would honestly make, uh, because, let's see here, I got to double check real quick.
0: And uh, Lugdrug for those that are listening he is the orc forge guard that is currently available from creature caster um he is also in one of the demon packs even though he's not actually a demon but they did it so that there's two four packs of heroes in the demon packs
1: so i noticed you didn't include cruel um who is uh, in the Bruellen pack
0: Yeah, I went for a lot of acts to face.
1: (laughs) And that's fair. Um, I think what I would actually do is I would substitute out two heroes in this list, as weird as it's going to sound. But I think I would substitute out uh, Brock, personally, for Rakir. And then I would substitute out Kogan for Cruel. Okay. And the reason I would do that is because you have a four um, orc team at that point. Five if you bring in Lugdrug, right? Yep. And Cruel has a fun level three ability that he can make all orcs that are with within so many hexes of him get extra damage. And they are a full, you know, because uh, you could bring Lugdrug in over Skull at that point and you still get that benefit. And that is a nasty team to start seeing right off the bat.
0: Well, Skull's also an orc, though.
1: So. Right. Skull is an orc. That's, yep. that's nothing to forget about. I'm just saying, uh, if you want to bring some of that defensive with, like we were talking early mm-hmm. on, if you want to go a little more defensive with your offense, you bring lug drug. If you want to go more offensive and, like you said, axe to face, I think you bring Skull. Because um, I love Skull. But that just that idea of that all-orc all warband, and I love the fact that you can do that, and most of them are all champions of Bruellen, other than, like, Rakir, right? Um, yeah. I, I think that's great. I think you it makes for, just by making a couple tweaks, and those are all still within that starter set, right?
0: That is accurate.
1: I, and that's the thing that I love, is that you can make those tweaks with just that starter set, and you have this beautifully working together aggressive warband that wants to be on your opponent's side of the table and putting that pressure on them.
0: Yep. Uh, I I don't hate the Cruel. I kind of like, I feel like Brock on Rampage is really crazy how much damage he can do. But yeah, the, he is, the, he is. There's, there's the, no
1: denying that.
0: Yeah. All right. So which of these six is your favorite?
1: Oh, now, see, that's not even a fair question to ask <laughs> me, man. Um, oh, I think if we're going by the six that you wrote up here for us to talk about, I think I got to go probably with the uh, Krognar one. Um, well, Krogner or Thomas. I think I got to sit in that area um, because Krognar has my boy Zarin and... Uh, Kogan and Piper or Kane and then Tomas because I got Fazil and Fazil Marcus and Sky in there man you know those are my those are my like three boys of Tomas as well so what about you
0: Uh, mine definitely has got to be Gruel it's all the Minotaurs (laughs) it's probably no surprise there
1: really yeah
0: Um, I kind of like the initial Bruelan one, too. I don't know, it seems kind of fun. Like, Kogan Kogan recently got some buffs and seems good, and, like, anytime I can get Barney on the table, makes usually feel pretty good.
1: Well, and Skull got buffs recently, too, so even being able to take Skull down his warrior path in that list makes Skull a danger.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think, yeah, I think Bruellen, which is one I haven't played a whole lot recently. I played it a fair amount early in the beta, um, but recently I've been more, well, mostly Gruel and then some Tomas uh, has been kind of, kind of been my wheelhouse in general for warbands. But I've got like three or four Gruul warbands I really like, so it's been hard to get away from them.
1: That's fair. Um, I think my wheelhouse for the most part recently has been uh krognar and Torin, with a little mixing of tomas uh but recently i started messing with some gruel lists in a couple of games that i've been playing and i'm starting to come around on gruel a little bit
0: yeah they're they're i've I've got like three different variations of stuff i really like with gruel i feel like that they can play with well and then um i've still got to test some stuff that i haven't i haven't like like i haven't even fully explored what you can do with gruel cats and they're they're just fun
1: i think that's the important thing to note here is i mean you and i have been playing this game since you know early on in v1 and i know you got into the beta quicker than i did um but even since we've both had a fair share of games with v2 and i think that's something to notate here for all the people who are you know listening to this and just thinking about jumping in or have already backed and are just looking for that, hey, what can I do? There is so much depth behind these champion lists and being able to build inside and outside of that even for guys like us that have been doing this for a while, we're still looking at it going, we're only touching the tip of the iceberg right now. We're still digging in, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's... It it will be fun as we, especially you know, it sounds like we're going to get a a pretty fresh injection of new players, of new players from the Kickstarter. So I'm excited for that.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, I think that kind of kind of wraps it up for the episode. Unless there's anything else you kind of wanted to bring up about the uh, Kickstarter or any of these war bands or anything of that nature.
1: Um, I you know, I really don't think so. Other than uh. You know, guys, if you are uh, back in the Kickstarter, please share it with your friends. Get them interested, you know, show them what it's what it's all about. I mean, the Vassal module is out there, Um, you know, get involved. Right. And reach out to on the discord and be like, hey, guys, I want to learn how to play. Get a hold of some of us. We're more than willing to do that type of stuff for people because this hobby, let's be honest, we love it. That's why we do it. Right.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Uh, so I think that will kind of wrap it up here. So if, if you guys have any kind of future topics that you'd like covered, especially for some of the newer players that are joining joining us from the Kickstarter, uh, you can either let us know in the Discord, or you can actually email us at podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash where we've done a couple of stream games. I think we've done one live discussion, I think, on Patch Notes. Uh, we'll probably start trying to stream a little bit more, and I'm debating on how to stream games live. Right now, I've only been able to stream on Vassal. Um, I've got some ideas and some input I've had from some other people that stream minis games, so I gotta see what the cost is to get that going and a setup that might work uh, to possibly do so. Um, and
1: I was just gonna say uh, real quick with that, when can you like email me some of the stuff that you've been getting told yeah because uh, I got a guy locally that is willing to help me do some of that setup so I just need to know kind of what you're thinking so then maybe I can try to get a mirrored setup here so then we can do it both places
0: yeah so we'll because yeah for those that don't know me and Fabius are nowhere near each other uh, I'm up in Wisconsin and,
1: and I'm home. in Omaha Nebraska so
0: yeah so they're a little bit a little bit far apart um and then we'll also be having a youtube channel coming soon uh which will basically just be for the idea is just to host the vods um from the stream cuz we are not i don't know partnered enough or whatever you want to call it where our vods stay very long on twitch so at least be somewhere that we can upload the vods uh for people to be able to watch i think twitch holds them for like 2 weeks currently cuz we don't we haven't done enough on the platform to i let them get us more stuff at this point
1: yeah so if you uh you know if you enjoy hearing the sultry sound of our voices um and stuff please feel free to go out there give us a a like or a follow or whatever it is so that way you know it just helps boost it up and uh anytime that we go live with it please share it with people to let them know that we're doing games so people can get involved
0: all right uh and i think that will be it for this one so thanks for- Thanks, everyone, for listening.
1: Yep, let's portal on out of here.